Welcome to the Mindset for Life podcast. This is Bethany, your coach from drbecoach.com. Here on the Mindset for Life podcast, we look at ideas that help you reclaim your power and purpose in life, relationships, and work. This podcast is for you if you lead, teach, and serve others. You want things to get a little better each day, and you're ready to focus on your mindset to make it happen. Hello there, and thank you for joining me for the Mindset for Life podcast today. I am so pleased to meet with you today by podcast. Thank you for listening. I just did a mini series on joy, four different ways to get more joy into your life. Today, we begin a little series on getting out of your own way. So it begins with perfectionism, and here we go. Today, earlier today, I was in a coaching conversation with one of my clients who was dealing with some perfectionism, and I thought it might be nice to address it because I have had so many clients over time who battled that feeling of perfectionism. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is your happiness set point, and the second thing I'm going to talk about is how to combat perfectionism specifically. The first idea here is that you have a set point emotionally. Every one of us has a comfort zone of where we're comfortable feeling a certain level of positive emotions. If you feel like you're never really happy, then your happiness set point might be a little more in the neutral space. It's quite possible that a person out there might even have a negative set point that's the comfort zone. Now, half of your well-being and your set point is genetic and it's predisposed. So it's come with you from your family lineage and your ancestry. And half of your well-being can be your choices or your environmental influence. And that means you can change your well-being. So you have a huge influence on how happy you are every day and how good you feel every day. You decide where to start based on where you are right now. The biggest impact, if you want to lift your happiness a little bit, happens to be research-based, and it's in the area of career well-being. Who would have thought? Now, I would have thought it was in social connections or family or um, something like that. They've done a lot of research on this. They've come up with the idea that career well-being makes the biggest impact on your happiness set point, or if you prefer to call it your well-being set point. Now, thriving in what you do every day at work and in your career can build stronger relationships. It gives you more secure finances. It can give you a better chance at good health and more community involvement, purpose, a sense of purpose, a sense of contributing to something beyond the self. There's so many reasons why. They've even done some research that found that you could lose a loved one to death. A lot of different things can happen to you, but losing a job seems to be the most devastating and it takes the longest to bounce back on. That in mind, I want to encourage you to think about where you sit normally with your happiness. And how could you stretch it up just 2%? If you were just to aim for 2% happier, what's it going to take to expand your ability to feel happiness about 2%? One of the things you can do is to stretch your arms out wide and up and back and make large arm movements and imagine expanding your body and your spiritual space to allow yourself to accommodate more positive emotions, more success, more love, more happiness. There are a lot of other things we can do too, but one thing is for sure, we have to work at expanding that and accepting it. So once you have more success, love, happiness, or whatever you're aiming for, you're going to feel like this is unsustainable. Something's going to happen. Something bad's going to happen because after all, it has in the past. But if you're successful at expanding your happiness set point, you're going to actually be able to maintain that success, that love, that happiness, whatever it is you're working on. And the second thing I'm going to talk about is how to combat perfectionism. 
In my experience, perfectionism tends to accompany a lot of things. For one thing, it perfectionism comes with this desire for order and organization. And some kind of structure and organization is very normal, very natural, very good. So I could probably take a lesson or two from any of you out there who are a little more structured or organized. Um, But if we take it a little too far, we're expecting everything around us to be absolutely perfect. And usually it's in the performance of other people, like it's just never quite good enough. We're in our own performance. Maybe we're, we're like, we won, we did really well, we hit the target fairly decently, but because it wasn't a little bit better, we're criticizing on ourselves. We're not even feeling the goodness of that win because it just doesn't measure up. So perfectionism is an excessive need for the order and organization of self, environment, performance, all those things taken a little bit too far. Now, in the positive intelligence method, it's called the Stickler Saboteur. So there are many types of saboteurs we all have in our brains. These are just thoughts. So we have these thoughts that work against us. We think that our thoughts are there to help us, to encourage us, uh, and to be us. But actually, some of those thoughts come from our subconscious brain automatically in the effort to save energy. So if you've had a thought repetitively in the past and it comes back quickly, it doesn't mean it's the most helpful thing for you. It might actually be just a habit thought and one that's going to keep you from stretching outside your comfort zone to try anything new or to perform better than you have in the past or to reach some new goal or maybe to experience more love or more success. So one of the reasons why someone who is perfectionistic will criticize others or correct others or really aim for that perfect thing from other people is that inside their minds, they are also doing the same thing to themselves. And it's very, very painful to have an internal critic that is a perfectionist. Now, things that get in our way, these. So be aware that when you have self-defeating thoughts or thoughts that criticize yourself or your performance, it might just be that things are going a little bit better than you're comfortable with. And then out of nowhere, they'll simply stop their own progress. I know I've had that experience too. And it's so painful when we cannot figure out why we're stopping. What is it we're doing that is causing us to pause, to interrupt, or even to completely sabotage our progress so we actually fail at something? Well, these thoughts that we have inside our brains that are self-sabotaging thoughts, these really are those uh, subconscious ideas that come from our own brain to try to protect us. See, our brain senses when we're getting outside of the comfortable or we're expanding into new possibilities. And the subconscious brain just wants to keep the status quo. It's comfortable and it's more familiar. And the brain's job is to keep us safe and keep our bodies just functioning. So the best thing the brain thinks is to protect us by sabotaging us. I know, pretty crazy that we sabotage ourselves from within our own heads, but that's what happens. Now, if the saboteur is perfectionism, if it's a stickler, then the thoughts seem like our own thoughts, because after all, as I said, they're coming from our own brain. And the thoughts might be like this. I know the right way, and if I can't do it just perfectly, if I can't do it exactly right, I shouldn't bother, and no one else should either. Other people just don't work hard enough and their standards are too low. They're too relaxed. I need to be more particular, more specific, more perfect. And everyone around me needs to do more and measure up too. I need to be organized and get things done. 
and I really hate mistakes. There is right and wrong, and I know the right way to do it, and that's what I'm aiming for. Those are the kind of thoughts that perfectionism puts in our brain. And thoughts create feelings, so the feelings that go with those thoughts are frustration and disappointment. We're always going to be frustrated and disappointed with ourselves no matter how much we achieve, no matter how long or hard we work. We're going to be disappointed and frustrated in other people because, after all, we have these expectations of them that they just can't measure up to. Our standards are more like ideals than standards, and no one could possibly do enough or measure up enough to meet our standards. So we're always going to have some gaps that we're noticing around us. Now, we're going to be anxious if we're suffering from perfectionism because we're certain someone's going to let us down, mess something up, or disrupt the balance I'm trying to go for. And there's going to be some sarcasm coming out of me because I'm so frustrated all the time. I might even have some anger that pops out from time to time. These thoughts perfectionism bring to us really impact us because it makes us believe that we're obligated to be perfect. Like we have this complete, almost compulsion to do it. And I feel like I need to fix whatever mess I come across. There are all kinds of messes and it's my job to just fix them up. So I'm the only one who can do it. It's my duty to do it. And I feel better about myself if I'm driven to perfectionism. So those are lies that our sabotaging thoughts tell us. They sound really familiar, but they are not true. And these ideas that there's a clear right and wrong and I can possibly measure up to perfection, just, I mean, logically we know they're not possible, but in the moment it feels true. The impact of these thoughts and feelings and justifications that we hold when we're being perfectionists are that we're inflexible. We're just not able to deal with change. And if anything unexpected comes out of nowhere, we can't relax, we can't stop, we can't accommodate it. We're going to resent people and we're going to resent things that are happening. We're going to be self-doubting because after all, perfectionism causes us to really chip away at our own thoughts about ourselves. So self-doubt is a big thing with perfectionism and the stickler saboteur. And resignation is kind of giving up. We're going to feel that a lot. Since a perfectionistic person is constantly in self-criticism mode, any criticism that someone else gives us that may be justified or warranted feels like they're screaming. It feels much worse than it really is, and we have a hard time taking it at all. We want to just put this in perspective because I think the more we think about how to let go of perfectionism, the more this root of perfectionism is critical in recovering from this. So the first thing is perfectionism helps us to sometimes quiet our self-judgment because we keep striving for that. We keep aiming for perfectionism. So we, we can put it on hold a little bit, that internal criticism, as long as we're moving forward, right? So for a short time, it does satisfy us and it does meet our needs. But ultimately, it lets us down because we never can quite measure up, no matter how we think we will this time. So we're also kind of running away from what we fear other people are going to do, which is to judge us. We think if we do the right things and if we do it perfectly, no one could possibly criticize us. So we assume all these things, but in the end, we really don't have order. We have chaos. This kind of thinking probably came from a belief we developed in a much younger age. Perhaps we had a disorderly family environment or something in our younger lives was a little chaotic. So by being ordered and perfectionistic, 
we could achieve something that felt like control. So that kind of feeling is really important when you are having challenges as a kid. And now that we're adults, we just don't need that anymore. So here's the thing. The first thing is to recognize your sabotaging perfectionism when it's happening. And to recognize it is a huge win. No, it's not perfect, but just noticing it all is a giant step forward. Then the second thing is to be kind to yourself and remind yourself that you're only human and it's going to need to be okay to not be perfect. Then we're going to try to figure out what excellence is because we have to establish a new standard that is realistic and achievable and keep working towards that. One of the things that I love to encourage my clients to do, and I'd love to encourage you to do if you're struggling with perfectionism, is to notice wins and really keep a tally of wins, things that you've done well, things you're proud of, things you're celebrating, and also to give yourself do-overs. So if something didn't go well today, do it over tomorrow. Give yourself a second chance. Um, And there's an idea that you could look at situations that are true failures to you as a learning opportunity or a gift. There are many different ways to find things that are gifts or learning opportunities. And I'll give you one example. So professionally, I had a project a few years back that I was supposed to be doing for which I actually did not feel qualified to do. And ultimately, I had to meet with my partner and let that person know I couldn't do it. Well, what came out of that, what I perceived to be a failure, was the opportunity to partner with a bunch of other people. And these other people helped me by bringing their thoughts, their expertise, and their abilities, and together that project got done so much better than it ever would have just by me alone. So sometimes what could be a failure to us could be turned into a win by becoming an opportunity to go somewhere new with it. So I hope you'll think about that and consider what you can do to coach your own perfectionism to a more realistic level of excellence and to find a new set point by raising your happiness just a bit in helping yourself to relax and to find the wins in what's happening every day. This is a tough one, but we can overcome sabotaging thoughts and it's important to know that they are sabotaging thoughts and not thoughts that are actually helping us, even though they lie to us and they encourage us to keep striving for that perfect thing. You can do this and I encourage you to find a good group or partner or coach out there that can help you to reassess your perfectionism if you're experiencing that, or if you're working with someone in your life who feels this way, to be compassionate and encouraging. I wish you all the best. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time on Mindset for Life. If you like what you heard today, share it with a friend. Leave a review on iTunes. Check out the resources at my website, drbcoach.com. I'm Bethany Hansen, and thanks for listening.